Today is a very special day for so many. But I also know that today is hard for others. Today is a special day for all of the mothers in the house today. But there's also today is a hard day for many women who do not have their own biological children yet. They're mothers in waiting. And um, we also want you to know that we love you because you are, you may not be a mother biologically to a child, but you are a mother in so many ways where you love kids that aren't yours. You take care care of kids that aren't yours. You change diapers that are not yours. And we love you. And we're believing with you. It's also hard for some people today because maybe this is the first year your mom is not with you. And so I know today is a, a bittersweet and I've learned that regardless of what position you're in today, there is this common thing that all moms or moms in waiting or really anyone for that matter deal with. And that is this interesting word called pressure. Pressure. And I truly believe that this message is going to help someone today. How many are expectant for God to speak to you today? How many are ready to receive today? I want you to turn me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you already know what I'm going to ask, if you wouldn't mind, stand in honor of God's word today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read this passage where we will see Paul is talking to a church that he has an authority for and a responsibility for. We're going to begin in verse seven. It says this, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us, that we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I want to jump down to now verse 16 of chapter four. It also says, therefore, we do not lose heart that even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Turn to your neighbor, say it's just for a moment. For a light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding, far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I want to preach to you from the title today from an expression that you've probably yelled at one point in your life. And I want you to look at a neighbor that you really like, your favorite neighbor today that's next to you. I want you to look at them right in their face and I want you to tell them the title of my message and I want you to yell it loud. And that is this, I can't do this anymore. How many of you have said that expression many times? Some of y'all said it this morning. People are like, yes, you got your hand raised like this because you really don't want people to know. But I want to preach from this title today. I believe it's going to help somebody. But let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice, those that are in this room physically and those that are tuning in from the other side of a screen. God, we pray Lord, that you would speak to us in an extraordinary way. We love you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
Have you ever had someone in your life or watched someone in your life who just, or know someone who just thrives under pressure? Anybody know who that person is? They're like the Kobe Bryant of pressure. Like they know how to deal with pressure. Like the world can be weighing on them and it seems like they keep on going without skipping a beat. They can move on without a worry. Anybody know those kind of people? Yeah, I really hate those kind of people. Those people can get on my nerves sometimes because pressure is a pretty crazy thing. And I've learned this even in parenting. Um, Being a parent, there's a lot of pressure. All the moms said. There's pressure just delivering the baby. You see, Kendall, I believe she's an amazing mom. And oftentimes she can make parenting look easy. She can make it look without a problem. And every once in a while, she'll, she'll leave me with our kids for about an hour. So that way I'll be able to remember how much I really need her in my life. Now, of course, I don't show my, my weakness. I don't show her that I'm stressed. I act like everything's okay. Like every dad does every dad say, amen. And after, you know, she gets back, yes, I may have allowed them to eat a bunch of junk while she was gone. And yes, we may have watched about three movies, but they're breathing, they're alive, they've been fed. And as you walked in the door, I had them doing the dishes, didn't I? You see, that's the parenting trick, Dad. You, you let them, you work a deal. All right, look, mom's out, we're going to play hard. But when we see her pull in the driveway... You grab the dishes, you're moving the clothes, because when she walks in, she thinks, I got it all under control. I got these kids whipped in line. I'm going to tell you, this is the parenting hack to all dads. She walks in, she's like, you got them so tamed. I'm like, yeah, that's right, baby. I want to say a few other things, but I'm not going to say it. But you see, some people can make parenting look easy. Some people can make faith look easy. Some people can make working out in the life of fitness look easy. It's not easy. It's a struggle. And as I've stepped into pastoring and learning how to lead a church, I like to talk to other pastors who have been along the journey farther than me. Along with my own father, I like to talk to a lot of other pastors who's, who has been through many, many years, who are seasoned in what it takes to stay the course in ministry of leading people. What does it take to lead people in the ways of God that may also disagree with you sometimes is a question I may ask. What does it take to have the stamina and the motivation needed to handle the ups and the downs of people who can come in and come out of your life just like the wind, who will smile at your face but curse you to somebody else? What does it take to do that? I'd like to ask them something that will What will help me to endure and last in this, what scripture calls as one of the highest callings. And in my conversation with a lot of these pastors, there seems to be this common thread of word that continues to be in the dialogue. And that is that thing called pressure. You've got to be able to learn how to handle pressure. Now, I love horse playing with my kids. It is it is a fun thing that I like to do because I'm bigger than them and I can beat them. And I like to play games that involve torture. I mean, pressure. And many times Kendall has to leave the room or she she has to turn the other way because it can get pretty aggressive. I have two boys and a girl and another boy on the way. So I'm just working up my stamina to beat these boys as long as I can. The girl, she can get away with a little bit more. All the daddy girls, you, you already know. 
But I like to do these things called pressure points with them when we play. Because it's fun, it's easy to control them because I'm a lot stronger than them. And it allows me to have a little to no effort on my part, but I can get them to do what I want them to do in the game. So we play the game because it's guaranteed that I'm going to win. And there are a lot of times before we get started that one of my sons may ask me, okay, before we do this, what level is this going to be on? Like, how hard are you going to be playing in this game today? Because I need to know before I step into this what I'm getting myself into. Have you ever wanted to ask God, before I do this, before I trust you on this, what level of pressure is going to be involved? It would be great if we could have the answer to that question. The truth is, I believe that some of you, you would have, if you would have known the level of pressure that came along with parenting, you probably would have made the decision to be celibate for the rest of your life because you prayed for a baby, but along with the baby came pressure. Did you know that where there is privilege, it comes with pressure? With privilege comes pressure. And many times I... I see people who want certain privileges, but they don't welcome the pressure that comes along with the privilege. Bible also says to whom much is given, much is required. So when we see Paul in second Corinthians, we are we are getting a picture of a minister and a man who is at this point in his life. Have you ever been at a point in your life where the pressure feels like something is unraveling on the inside of you? Like, I don't necessarily mean like you're on a clinical breakdown, but but what you're seeing is that Paul is under pressure and it says that he's under pressure from every side. Verse eight describes that something that, that maybe you've experienced, maybe now, maybe it wasn't on Paul's level because I believe there's levels to pressure. But one thing that I've learned is this, and that is that pressure is relative. Regardless of the circumstance, pressure is relative. So when a teenager, shoot, even some adults today get their heart broken by a girl or a guy, they don't even have the wisdom to experience to know that there will be others. There are other fish in the sea. And so it really does feel like they want to die because they don't have the experience. And a lot of times we can minimize other people's misery because we've graduated beyond that season. You've moved beyond it. You've already experienced that pressure and you know how to handle it. But someone who's just now experiencing it, we can minimize their pressure because we've graduated beyond it. But I've learned in my life, especially as being a pastor, I've learned how to have compassion for people and to remember that there was a time, too, when I listened to the song The Loser by Switchfoot 17 times a day when my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, decided that we needed a break. So she could figure out if I was really the man that she needed to marry or am I the only one that's ever had to do that in my life? I remember some of y'all going to look up the song today. And you're going to be like, The Loser by Switchfoot. Telling you, those, that song, if I played it just the other day, brings back all those emotions. You see, there was a time when Paul was under pressure and it, Paul said it was so great that he was hard pressed from every side. And I believe that there are times in our life when when we are able to pick up our battles and we're able to focus our, our attention and our concentration, generally most of us can stand up to pressure as long as it's coming from one direction. But what do you do when it's coming from all sides? How do you respond to pressure? Paul says it was coming from 
every side. And if you read the life story of Paul, you will see that he dealt with some pretty intense stuff. From, from prisons to shipwrecks to being bit by a snake. My wife's already like, I'm out. She don't like snakes. I'm out. How many of you are snake lovers in the room? You need prayer. <laughs> like we're going to have intercessory prayer after service for you. But he's been bitten by a snake and he's been through shipwrecks. He's been through hard times. He's been through accusations. And Luke gives us this picture that, that Paul is this heroic portrait. But I want you to notice that that in if you read the story of Paul, that he, he didn't he didn't rebuke the snake. He didn't cry out to God. He didn't in the name of Jesus, plead the blood of Christ of the lamb. He just shook it off. Literally, it was like eh, and kept going. No problem. No big deal. And although this looked like it was without effort, it wasn't as easy on the inside, I can imagine, because I'm sure on the inside, he's like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I just got bit by a snake. Oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I know I would be. Because what you saw was what, 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 what he did. You saw, you didn't see, you saw what he did, but you didn't see the doubts that went on inside of his mind while he was going through it. You didn't see the turmoil, the pressure that he was feeling from the moment in that moment. You see, you make it look easy sometimes. So that's why nobody encourages you because you just do it. You just pay the bills. You just smile at people. You just dress well. You just walk strong. You walk tall. But on the inside, Paul says that there was this pressure and he was so pressured that he couldn't find relief from any side. He couldn't find it from the right. He couldn't find it from the left. He couldn't find it from any side. And he said, I looked all around, but there was no companion. I couldn't find a helper, but he says, but I didn't die because of the pressure. I was pressed, but not crushed. So, you know, we have these sayings all the time that people put out the sayings that, you know, it's like a lot of leadership talks happen or, you know, when you're getting this parenting advice and they'll say the statement to you like pressure makes diamonds. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you ever been in a leadership session? It's like, the pressure you're on under is going to make a diamond out of you. Somebody shout, yeah. Like, you know, you ever been in a moment like that? I've, I've even used that statement because I truly believe pressure does make diamonds. It does. It's, it's, it's a fact. I believe pressure can define you. It can make something great out of you. But pressure also does make dumb decisions, too. Pressure does make diamonds, but it can also make divorces. Pressure does make diamonds, but it can also make you a proud owner of a timeshare. <laughs> Some of you are like, I knew I shouldn't have went to that one hour thing at the hotel. I knew this free deal was a scam somewhere. I want to call a few people's names because I know some people that did that. You see, I don't think that God wants to prevent the pressure, though. Though I think there's a point to our pressure and maybe you've come to that point. Maybe you're under an enormous amount of pressure. You see, Paul describes it. He said in verse 10, he says, we carry around in our body the death of Jesus. It means that even though I feel like I'm dying, Paul says earlier in his ministry, he says that he, there was so much pressure that I thought I was dying. He says I was hard pressed on every side, but I was not crushed. Now, I've always heard people you know, shout at this verse, but realize that this verse is not automatic. You can, you can shout the verse, I'm pressed but not crushed, but, but just because you say it doesn't mean it's automatic. That there's some things you're going to have to go through. Yes, I'm hard pressed, but I'm not crushed. But the verse suggests that pressure can crush you. 
It can crush you. And oh, yeah, I've met some people who have let pressure crush them. I've seen people crushed and I've seen hopes deferred. I've seen dreams altered all because of pressure. So before you shout the song, I'm pressed, but not crushed, persecuted. Not. Anybody ever Come on, see it. Some of you haven't been in church long enough. Beyond the crowd. So before you shout that song by Daryl Evans, some of y'all going to need to look up that song. You need to realize that and you need to know that pressure can crush you. I'm pressed, Paul said, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed. That's mental pressure. That's things that are going on on the inside. He says, I'm perplexed, but I'm not abandoned. I'm persecuted. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. That's the, the pressure that's coming from other people. It says I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Now, I, now I see a contrast. It is the contrast between what is pushing on Paul and what is pushing in Paul. And I'm trying to help you today because your pressure is trying to point you to something. And so many of us in times of our life, the reason why you're under pressure isn't because maybe have what you're dealing with, but it's how you're dealing with it. And maybe it's because pressure is hitting you from all sides because there's some pride that you need to let go in your life. He said we have this power, this treasure in earthen vessels, he says. It's an, it's an ordinary vessel, but it has an extraordinary power. Are you catching this in the scripture? And so I've come to realize that I'm an ordinary person, but I have an extraordinary promise in the presence of God. Sometimes I get confused, though, because I, I forget that I'm just deprived. I don't have I'm not the power. And sometimes I get so burdened because I, I put the weight of the world on my shoulders that I was not meant to carry and that I'm not strong enough to carry. And I forget that that cross has already been carried for me. So I'm under pressure sometimes, but I'm also full of pride sometimes. You see, sometimes pressure comes into your life, not because of what you're handling, but again, how you're handling it. And you've forgotten the source. And you lose your strength and pressure sometimes point to pride in your life, things that you need to deal with. And when pressure comes, some of us begin to perform a, a, a standard that we have projected that isn't even that isn't even true to our purpose. We begin to project something, you know, you know that there is a gap in your life. There's I've preached about this before, that there is a gap between where I am and where I want to be. You know, there's that gap in your life. We all have that gap. It's like, I, I, I know where I am, but I'm not yet where I want to be because because I, I but you have to remember, there's also another gap. There is the gap of where I am, but there's also the gap of where I used to be. There are two gaps in my life. One is a gap, a gap for gratitude to see where how far God has brought me. The other gap is for growth of where I need to go. Oh, oh I've, how far I've come. Look. Look, if you're looking back, it makes you grateful as you look back. But as you look forward, you can see where God is trying to take you. And it shows you moments of growth. And I've come to learn that there is pressure in both gaps. You can have gratitude, but there's also pressure in that gap. You can have room for growth, but there's a lot of pressure in that gap. Now, I'm not saying that all pressure is bad. I believe that pressure is a good thing. I believe that there needs to be pressure. Without pressure, it doesn't reveal you. 
you need pressure to reveal what's in you. But a lot of times there is pressure that's rooted in pride and it manifests in performance. And this is the gap between who I think I need to be and who I believe I really am. So stay with me, because when you think you need to be something that you secretly believe that you are not, pressure will crush you. When you secretly believe that you need to have an ability, that you need to have a certain strength. You see, I I do this all the time. I tend to project expectations on people that they don't even have of me. And I disappoint imaginary expectations that don't even really exist. Am I the only one in the room today that does that? So now I'm walking around all frustrated and all mad. And I'm walking around with all this combustible pressure on having expectations that other people that is imaginary that they don't even have of me. But yet I'm walking around with all this pressure. So I'm, I'm asking the question today, could it be that your pressure is trying to point you to a higher power? Is it trying to point to something? You see, the enemy wants to point at what you don't have, what you can't be, what you won't be, what you can't do. And that pressure will cause you, if you believe those things, it will cause you to believe them. But if you don't understand that there needs to be a deeper dependence on who Jesus is in your life rather than yourself, pressure is meant to define so you learn to rely on his strength, not on yours. So I want to tell you today, when pressure points at you, you need to learn to point back. That I want you to, I, matter of fact, I want you to do this. Right. I want you to look at the other neighbor that you don't like as much, because earlier you looked at the neighbor that you do like. I want you to look at the other neighbor that you don't like as much, and I want you to put your finger in their face. Just put it in the face. Point at them right now. Point at them right now. Tell, look at that neighbor you don't like as much. Put your finger right in their face, and I want you to tell them, tell them to say, you need this message. I know some of you are pointing at your wife right now, and I'm praying for you after church. You need this message and tell them it's time to point back. It's time to point back. Paul in 2 Corinthians is defending himself from the Judaizers and they are questioning his credentials in ministry and they're pointing a finger in his face saying, who do you think you are to say that circumcision is no avail and that you are a new creation in Christ? That's all that counts. That's what they're pointing at him. And so I see a church in this scripture pointing their finger in the face of Paul. And you know those things, those, those, those points, the things that the devil uses to make you feel smaller than? You know those things that the devil uses to make you feel less than, to make you feel not enough or never enough or never going to be or it'll never work and your mama wasn't and your daddy wasn't and so you can't be either. But whenever the enemy points at those things, whenever the enemy points at you, you need to learn to point back. You need to learn to point back. That's what Paul is demonstrating in this text. He's telling you, he is saying that we have this presence in an earthen vessel that is the excellency of the power that might be proven to be from God, not from me. That's how you turn pressure into power. We were pressed, but not crushed. Maybe he has his mind here on the Garden of Gethsemane where we see where our Savior knelt down in a place in the most pressureful moment he ever experienced. And he cried out to God and said, he knelt down and said, I may feel perplexed, but I'm not alone. I may feel struck down, but I'm not destroyed. I'm headed to the cross, but the joy that was set before him allowed him to endure. And he was filled with pressure. The Bible says that he knelt down and prayed. That he prayed so hard that he began to sweat drops of blood. He prayed so hard that his capillaries burst. He prayed so long with nobody to relieve his pressure. But as he sweat, 
came from the mouth of the living word of God. Nevertheless, not my will, yours be done. What happened in that moment? It's the question that we're probably all asking. You see, it's where Jesus realized he had to turn his pressure into power, and he did it in a place called Gethsemane. Now, if you study Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Gethsemane was an oil press. It literally means oil press. And so the, the world's greatest power came from the world's greatest, the Savior's greatest pressure. And I'm here to tell you today that whatever you're going through, that I came with an announcement to say that, that you have this treasure in an earthen vessel and you're not going to know what pressure you have until you've been put under pressure. You're not going to know what power you have until you've been put under pressure. You got to realize that pressure comes to call you out. It's going to call you out. It's going to really come to define whether you really trust Jesus or not. Are you really going to depend on him? Or are you going to try to depend on yourself? You see, pressure proves whether you really believe in the promise. Do you believe in what you can do? Do you believe what Jesus said he can do? Your pressure will reveal your promise. But you have to learn to embrace the pressure. And Paul reached this point. He you ever reached this point where your pressure was so weighted on you that you didn't you, you begin to shout the statement of my title, my message? I can't do this anymore. Have you ever been at a point like that in your life? Well, you've reached a point where you're like, I, I just I, there's too much pressure. I can't do this anymore, God. I don't know if I can handle another moment. My husband's crazy. My kids, I don't even know how to say anything about them. My job, my family, the single life, the married life, my faith. I feel like the weight of the world is on me and I don't think I can handle this anymore, God. What do you do? Where do you turn when pressure hits? So Paul tells us in verse seven that it came to show, it came to reveal, it came to point out that the power, this power that is an all surpassing power, that the great power that raised Christ from the dead can also be proven to relieve the pressure in your certain situation. So the pressure shows me that it's not about me. Yeah, it's not about you. That's what pressure comes to show you. It also comes to show that it's greater than you. It's not about you. And a lot of times we can make pressure about us if we're so, so we live such in a narcissistic, self-centered society that we think that all the pressure is, is because of me. But you need to know that God said he, you know, you've ever heard that, that statement before? I've even heard some preachers preach this before. It says that God will never put on anything more than you can bear. Anybody ever heard that said before? Let me tell you something, it's not true. Yes, it's in the Bible, but it's been taken out of context. It's talking about temptation. It's talking about how God is not the author of evil. You've got to understand the PowerPoint and what, what's being said in this scripture. But God will most certainly put more on, than, on you than you can bear. Some of you are like, great, I came to hear an encouraging word. I didn't come to hear this. 
But he did that so that you could realize that you were not meant to bear it. So that way you can access the supply that was yours all along. So you can have a greater dependence on his power and his strength and his grace and his peace than on yours. You've been under pressure. Good. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. The pressure came to show you where the power comes from. It came to show you what you can rely on and who you can rely on. That when you don't know where to turn, that when pressure is hitting you from all sides, you can shout, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm persecuted. I'm not abandoned. I may be struck down, but I will not be destroyed. So don't lose heart, he said. Because it's just a light and momentary affliction. It's just for a moment. So if you're not under pressure, you're only going to have the power that you have. Some of you are like, you try to pray for God to relieve the pressure, but don't pray that God will relieve the pressure. Pray that God will show you his power in your pressure. Because if you don't get put under pressure, you don't understand, you will never experience, you will never know the power that you have that is put on the inside of you. You would not have been able to access the power that was given to you. You need pressure. So don't pray for God to push like you do on your crock pot when you push the pressure relief valve. You know, when you cook something in a pressure crock pot, it says it to allow it to relieve itself on its own. You ever read the instructions? It's like, don't, don't hit the immediate press. It needs to sit and have its natural pressure release. Sometimes you just need, instead of hitting the eject button, you need a natural pressure release. You need to allow God to be able to show you, no, this is where your help comes from. That you will look before him. You set your eyes on the hills above. That I am your source. That I am your power. That I have never left you nor forsaken you. All this pressure is to point back to me because I am your source. Pressure came to reveal his power. And I hope you're getting something out of this today. He says, because we know that pressure produces power. Because we know that what is coming after me is that, that, that there is not what's coming after me is not greater than what's inside of me. You got to understand that what may be pressing against you is not greater than the power that God said is inside of you in that earthen vessel. You have a treasure inside your earthen vessel and so somebody just shout say I already know say I already know pressure think about this for a moment pressure pressure pre-sure oh because I need to be pre-sure that you got to fight pressure with pre-sure that you're going to have to know some things deep inside of yourself so that way when you're squeezed, you already know that there is a treasure inside this earthen vessel that when you already know, you got to be pretty sure. you got to know before the pressure comes where your power will be revealed. So that's why he says, therefore, do not lose heart. Though your outwardly man is fading away, it doesn't look very good that I'm not pressed yet inwardly. I'm not crushed yet inwardly that I've got something that's greater on the inside of me than what's trying to push on the outside of me that we we are being renewed day by day that our light and momentary affliction is not for us but it is for a greater glory that our pressure our troubles our trials our kids our husbands they are but momentary 
the Bible says. That pressure is momentary. Tell your neighbor this because they need to hear this today. It won't always be like this way. It won't always be this way. It won't always be like this. Now I do know that some people in this room today are under some horrendous pressure. And I'm not here to minimize that. But what I'm trying to say that is what Paul knew. Something that he could have only discovered by being put under an immense amount of pressure. It's something that he only could have learned because of what God had to do through him. And I've learned that my light and momentary troubles are achieving for me an eternal glory. That my light and momentary troubles are achieving for me something that's greater than my situation. So the pressure that I'm under right now is pointing to glory that is going to be so much greater. How many of you believe that the glory that was set before you, that on the other side is going to be something greater? That the pressure you're facing now, that there's going to be something greater. What God is doing through my life in this season of pressure, that I'm going to be stronger after this. I'm going to be wiser after this. I'm going to know. I'm going to know. I'm going to be pretty sure that next time I'll know how to spend the night in a fiery furnace and come out the next morning not smelling like smoke. Somebody needs to be pretty sure to know that God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That though you may walk through pressure, though you may walk through heartache, though you may walk through heartbrokenness, that you will not walk in it alone. That you will walk in the fiery furnace and you will discover that He is with you. He has not left you. Pressure reveals His power. Pressure reveals His power. And I don't know who this is for today, but you've got to understand that pressure is something you're going to have to learn to cling to. Because where there's pressure, that means there he is. He is with you. He's with you in the pressure. And I'm telling you right now, I, I know what it feels like to be under an immense amount of pressure when you don't know what to do, when, when it feels like everything is caving in, when you don't, there's no way out. But when you can't find a way, way out, that's when, you, that's when God tries to find and shows you that he has a way in. That he's right there with you in this slight and momentary pressure. That the enemy will point toward what your shame has said or your failure or your weakness. But Paul said, I'm going to point to glory. The key is because he is the eternal glory. He is the treasure revealed in this earthly vessel. Pressure reveals his glory. And you may be under pressure today, but I want you to know that, that you have the promise in God's presence to know that his glory will endure. It's like, with, it's like what people learned on an airplane. If you've ever been in an airplane, you know that our bodies were not meant to go to 35,000 feet. But because if we didn't learn how to pressurize the cabin on an airplane, we wouldn't be able to make it to 35,000 feet. Because our bodies were not designed to breathe that kind of air. We were designed to breathe at sea level. But yet our brains conceived something that could fly in an atmosphere that we, were, that we can't even retain consciousness in. And that's why the cabin has to be pressurized. So why do I come to the word of God? So I can pressurize my spirit. 
with the promise of God because I have this treasure in an earthen vessel and the pressure is too great for me to bear and humanity cannot bear the weight of the glory of God because I've made, uh, I've been made of dust and dust I will also return and I am weak and I am broken and without him I can do nothing. But when I get my spirit pressurized, when I get my spirit into the presence of God, I am reminded that these light and momentary afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory, to the Savior, you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives on the inside of you. That you can do this. You can do this. And I want to pray for a specific group of people today. That maybe you come in here and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I want to pray for a specific person today that's someone who's never made the decision to give him complete control. 
that you've never handed your life over and that you've been carrying the weight of the world and the shame and of your sin and you've never received his grace. So when every head bowed in this room, every eye closed, nobody moving around in respect of and honor of those today. If you're here today and you've never handed your life over to Jesus, if you've been walking around carrying your own weight of your own sin and shame, something that Jesus carried across and nailed your sin to, that today is your day to allow your pressure to reveal his power, to place your hand, your life in his hands. So if that's you in this room today or you're watching from the other side of this screen right now and you don't know Jesus and maybe your life is full of so much pressure that you've been turning to all these other things. Maybe you've even walked away from Christ because things got too much and you yelled to yourself, I can't do this anymore. Let me tell you, Jesus never left you. That he is there with you. And he will help you get through this. So if that's you today, when I count down from three and you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, when I say one, I just want you to shoot your hand up so I know who to believe with and pray for today. I want to stand in agreement with you today. If that's you, three, he loves you. He'll never forsake you. Two, he is right there with you. He'll be a father that you've never had. One, if that's you today, I want you to lift up your hands if you want to accept Jesus. Lift them up. Lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just shoot those hands up high. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, why don't we celebrate with everybody lifting their hands today? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I want everybody to repeat this prayer out loud. When your ears can hear you, Romans 10, 9 tells if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it says you will be saved. So let's say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and help me to live a new life in you. Allow this pressure that I feel reveal your power in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said a big amen. Come on, why don't we celebrate church with every person who made a decision.